Hey everyone, welcome to episode 100 and something, probably 105 or 106. I've lost track, I really have, of Morgan Webster's Wrestling Friends. It's been a busy week, um, I'm not going to get into it, but it really has been a busy week. Of Morgan Webster's Wrestling Friends, um, as always, the uh, desolate Welsh tones that you hear. I'm the undisputed king of the mods, the podfather of professional wrestling, Morgan Webster. Flash Morgan Webster. Um, or more importantly than that, for the next five minutes to the hour, to the hour and a half, however long this uh, conversation with the wonderful Rhea Ripley goes this week like you didn't know who it was. You've done all the podcast, you see it on there. But yeah, I like to pause and go, Rhea Ripley this week. Um, I will be your host, or as I like to see it, facilitator for these chats, discussions, gatherings. Absolutely love that word, gatherings, with your favourites, your wrestling favourites, um, my buddies, my pals, some of them just my acquaintances. But they're always, they are always my wrestling friends. This podcast does come to you free of charge every Wednesday and uh, I'm able to do that. Uh, well, it's, well, first off, it's available on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, um, Spotify, Anchor, uh, anywhere that uh, is good for podcasts. Somebody has probably dropped the RSS feed into it because I'm too lazy to make sure that it's multi-disciplined. Um, I did put Spotify on there because a lot of people ask for it. But yeah, anywhere that you listen to podcasts, it is dropped. I'm able to uh, to do that in part because of you wonderful people you know, tweeting it out and keep on, uh, you know, sharing it out and telling me stuff and telling people about it and the viewers and the, or the listeners keep going up and up, which is absolutely wonderful. But I'm also able to do it this week thanks to our sponsors, SuperXAPower.com. SuperXAPower are a team of pro wrestlers consisting of Zack Sabre Jr., Miko Satamora, Tony Storm, Matt Riddle, Jeff Cobb, and many, many more elite grapplers. Their JPN 4 range is out now. I picked up some goodies from it myself recently. They're definitely already some of my absolute favourite t-shirts I've ever had, both in comfort and fit. And the best thing is, they ship worldwide. So definitely jump over to superaxapower.com as a big thank you from yourself, from myself, from everyone who's listening to this. But also jump over there because they have the best wrestling clothing that's on the market today. So what else more can you say if you love any of those wrestlers? Or if you love wrestling clothing that doesn't look like wrestling clothing, because that's one of my favourite things as well, you know, um, then definitely jump over to suplexapparel.com. They're wonderful enough to sponsor this week's episode and next week's episode as well. So definitely go check out suplexapparel.com and their JPN4 range. They're also restocking it every single week. So uh, if you have been on there recently and you've missed out on anything, then they are restocking stuff. So definitely jump back over to suplexapparel.com. And it uh, doesn't matter where you live because they ship worldwide. So definitely go check them out. And a big thanks for them for being this week's sponsor. Um, of course, if you do enjoy this week's episode, please be sure to tweet it out. I'm at Flash underscore Morgan on the Twitter. I'm Facebook.com forward slash Flash Morgan Webster on the Facebook. I'm at Flash Morgan Webster on the Instagram. Um, I do love seeing uh, people putting their stories that they're going for their runs or they're doing their workouts and they're listening to it. A lot of tweets coming this week um, about last week's episode a lot of people saying that they're now kind of working their way through stuff and they've hit some gold mines along the way somebody told me the other day they love the johnny singh episode and uh but yeah go back and listen to some stuff there's some great ones on there um some ones that there'll be people on there of course like you know your edge your shelley's your tyler bates your tony storms your zach gibson's your pete duns your mark andrews um chris brooks there's there's loads of people on there Sidal, um people quackenbush i'm just keep listening people as it comes back into my head but there's also people on there that you might not know that well and it might just completely blow your mind. Like, um, RJ Singh is definitely one of my favourite episodes I've done. Joe Cabri last week was one of my favourite episodes I've done. Um, Justin Seisman has an absolute ridiculous story. Uh, Jimmy Havocs is mental as well. 
Um, I think you should definitely just go back to the back catalogue and check it out. If you haven't, and when you do, drop me a tweet at Flash underscore Morgan. Uh, or drop me an Instagram story, flashmorgan.live.co. No, that's not. Flash Morgan, Flash at Flash Morgan Webster. Or, as I was getting to, if you do want to drop me an email uh, and tell me how much you're enjoying it, or maybe you want to, I don't know, send me some advice or anything like that, or just, you know, drop me a message. I had a lovely, had a lovely message come through the other day saying that they're uh, enjoying the podcast. Then that is, of course, flashmorgan.live.co.uk. This week's guest, then, is Rhea Ripley. Um, I'm trying to keep these intros and outros a little bit shorter at the moment. And that's just because I don't want to give too much away. It's a great conversation. We go grassroots. We talk about Australia. We talk about uh, how hard it is to break out and branch out in Australia and how different the scene is. We then, of course, talk about uh, her getting to WWE. She was signed super young. The first May Young Classic and how she was an absolute baby and the transformation she made before she hit the second one. Her NXT UK run, her NXT run. And this is her first sit-down conversation that she has with somebody since that WrestleMania match with Charlotte, and if I've got my days right, which I'm pretty sure I have, it will. If you listen to it right now, if you've listened to this as soon as it's, as soon as it's available, she's she is now returning to NXT tonight. So you get a nice little uh, nice little warm up. It's probably the most in depth conversation she's ever done. Um, I've been lucky to get to know Rhea over the last two years. She's wonderful. She doesn't really sit down and talk that much about stuff. So I think it's really nice and refreshing to finally get to sit down. And you get a real insight to how much she loves wrestling and just how cool she really is. So, yeah, I guess that wraps everything up. Um, so sit back, relax and enjoy what is a wonderful conversation with Rhea Ripley. Enjoy, people. Just say straight up, you were the hardest person to get on and nothing to do with like, <laughs> no. The fact that I've had like people on this podcast who have been like in their late 40s, early 50s and they've got Skype. <laughs> No problem. I had to talk you through how to put Skype on. You're such a It's amazing. Dude, it's ridiculous. I'm so old. <laughs> oh my god. I was literally I was literally going to go and like this has been this has been the hardest one for lockdown. She's like, oh, she's like super busy and I'm like, no, she just doesn't know how to use technology. <laughs> Dude, it's legit like I'm the worst at messaging people back like I'll remember, and then I forget, like, straight away. I'm like a goldfish. Like, I have a three-second memory. It's actually, like, stupid. <laughs> even, the, like, even the even the Instagram, like, conversation with us was, hey, do you want to do the podcast? You're like, yeah, definitely. You're like, when do you want to do it? And I went, this date, nothing for a week. And then the next <laughs> time I was, sorry, don't hate me. And I was like, oh, my God, this is... This is... <laughs> Dude, it's 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 bad. <laughs> but 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 we're getting to do it, so that's all that matters. Yes. <laughs> uh, how are you anyway? You all good over there? Yeah, I'm pretty good. I'm just bored, man. I'm so bored. Like I've just been working out like twice a day, and I'm just dying. Like my body hurts. <laughs> no, I've seen some of the bloody uh, some of the stuff you're doing at the moment's mental. The the amount of volume that you're doing is crazy. You must. Yeah. Be- you must feel so beaten up. Dude, that's the second workout of the day as well. Like, How... every dude, everyone that I post on Instagram, that's always my second workout. So it's like, it's more actual, like, gym stuff. So I don't, I don't have anything written down. I just sort of do it so I don't really take a photo. But the other one is, like, in my gym that I have built here. And it's just, it's difficult, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just bored. <laughs> 
uh, before we get into this, then, um, is there anything you don't want to talk about? Um, I've got pretty good that if we do hit anything along the way that you forget to cover, and I say, like, hey, and you go, I don't want to talk about that, um, I make a timestamp, and I've become quite a magician now, and I can make stuff vanish from podcasts about people knowing it was ever said. So if we do hit <laughs> anything, let me know. But before I start, is there anything you don't want to talk about? Um, I don't think so. Okay, I just got to get that out of the way before we start. Too easy. Cool. <laughs> um, <laughs> cool then. So uh, how I usually like to start these then is, um, what's your earliest memory of wrestling? When can you remember falling in love with wrestling? That might be a two-part question. Oh man, I remember. Oh, I remember real good actually. Go on then. Go on, tell me. <laughs> so the first time that I got to see any sort of wrestling was our family friends that we like, were really, really close with, they watched wrestling. For me, it was hard to watch wrestling in Australia because it was always on Foxtel and we didn't have Foxtel where they did. Otherwise, you'd have to like make sure you hit it at the perfect time on the weekend to watch it. But I was always doing sports. Um, so I remember our family friends, they showed me this clip and it wasn't the full match. It was just a clip of Triple H shoving a screwdriver in Rick and then his <laughs> his bleach blonde hair just turning red and I don't know what it was I just loved it from then on there I was like I need to like convince my parents to get Foxtel somehow like or I need to try and record it when it's on TV so I can watch it and I pretty much fell in love from then with WWE and then man it was just it was absolutely amazing I had to try and find somewhere in Australia that would do like independent wrestling and I ended up finding um a promotion in Queensland with the same family friends that we went to Queensland with and seeing it live, just like it opened my eyes so much more. And I loved it that much more that I had to do it, you know? So did you discover like Australian wrestling quite soon after discovering WWE? Um, I think it might, I want to say a year or two after, like I tried to watch as much WWE as I could, but it was really hard. Like I had to record it. I ended up, we, we ended up getting Foxtel, which was the best part. So I could actually like record it and try and watch like every single WWE event that there was. I was watching everything like Raw, SmackDown, the old NXT superstars, um, main event, uh, Tough Enough. I was watching like absolutely everything that I could. <laughs> um, but then, yeah, when we found the one in Queensland, it was an accident as well. Like we didn't even know, but it it changed my life. <laughs> how did you, how did you find it then if it was an accident? I think we, we came across a flyer because we were going to all the parks in Queensland. Like we made a little holiday out of it and we we're going to all the theme parks. And I think we went out for dinner or something one night and we saw like a poster on the wall. And I was like, I didn't know there was wrestling in Australia. Like I couldn't find it anywhere. Um, so we went and checked it out. And <laughs> now that like, I think about it and like, if I was there watching it now, I would probably be like, this is the worst thing I've ever seen. <laughs> but at the time, it was absolutely amazing. Like, But that's like kind of, that's like the same as us. Like I used to, I remember before I went fully pro, I was like backyarding and I would look at the stuff we were creating in the backyard and think like, oh, this is so good. Like we could, we, a crowd would pay money to see this. And then, yeah. like, I go back and watch it now and be like, what were we doing? This is awful. <laughs> of course, some stuff, some stuff is still, like, of course, there'll be moments and moves that still look good. But for the, for the whole part, you, you do. You, you think it's incredible. And I guess it's the atmosphere and, and everything else. The love of it kind of captures you up. And you're just looking at it through rose-tinted glasses. 
did legit like I remember this this federation I've never seen it since but they had this massive spin wheel and it had like every single match that you could have on this spin wheel and they would get like fans coming up and spinning the wheel and whatever it landed on that's the sort of match that they had to have and I remember like there was this one wrestler and he was like super super tall and he had the reddest hair that you ever see and his name was Matchstick he was like this skinny, white, <laughs> tall guy. And it was just, I loved him. I thought he was great. But I think he had a no DQ match for someone and they used pool sticks. And I actually kept one of the pool sticks and took it back on the plane back to Adelaide, South Australia. And I think I still have it at home somewhere. I love I love seeing those, like, yeah, I love seeing those pictures. We've seen the pictures of you when like, you were a huge wrestling fan, like an Australian independent wrestling <laughs> fan like you and the pictures of you when you used to go to the show like you oh. loved it you totally were just in love with australian wrestling dude it was insane like because i wrestled for riot city wrestling i went and watched their shows for like the first two or three years before i tried out so all the wrestlers knew who i was but i they didn't know my name they just called me the crazy chick and if i go back and i watch the videos from the matches that i was in the crowd with all you can hear is me screaming in the crowd like you can't, you can't hear anything else. <laughs> I, I I love it again. It's so funny because like you're so little in those pictures as well. Who was who was who was your favorite wrestler back then? Who did you love? Oh my god, I loved the Armstrongs, and I loved. I know, <laughs> man, it's weird because like I work with him now, and he annoys the living crap out of me. But Brendan Vink, I loved <laughs> I him. That answer, that's why I asked. <laughs> oh, my god, him, uh, Bronson Reed. Uh, my coaches, Matt and Cree, like they, they were just all so cool. Like I loved every single one of them. They were just just so amazing. I wanted to be just like them. So at what point then did you think, right, I want to be a wrestler. I'm going to try to be a wrestler. Um, so I played soccer for like nine years. And then after like I watched wrestling for the first time, I was like, I sort of want to like do it. I'll watch it, blah, blah, blah. But then I had like a really crappy year in soccer where we legit like lost every single game the whole year and <laughs> I was mad I was so so mad because I didn't even want to do that year my mum made me do it because I had already bought soccer boots um so after that I was like nah screw this I'm not going to play soccer no more I'm going to start wrestling <laughs> were, mum, did, like, mum didn't like, like it I love how you like you lost everyone you went yeah well do you know what I can't lose in wrestling <laughs> wrestling so yeah, I legit. Like, no, I'm going to lose before the match starts yeah like I get salty about it <laughs> So, like, what was the – you said, like, they allowed you to try out. So, like, again, over here it's different. You kind of pay your money, you go to a, a training school, and you just kind of start the session straight away. But did they actually have proper tryouts in Australia? Yeah. So, Riot City Wrestling, where I wrestled, we had tryouts. I think they do them, like, maybe four times a year. Sometimes it, like, differs. Um, but, yeah, you pay for your tryout, and then you do the tryout. They see if – you really want it because in their school they didn't really want to just take anyone on because a lot of people end up leaving and it's just like a waste of their time so they want to see that um who are the ones that are going to put in the effort and actually stick around so we do the tryout and then I found out on the day if I was going to be accepted in but with other ones they tell you like a week after and then they slowly like bring you in and you have to work like the merch table at the shows and all of that but yeah it was insane <laughs> Did you, uh, was it quite like a full-on training experience, like the the, the uh, tryout? 
Dude, it was in like it was so intense. Luckily, I played soccer for nine years. Otherwise, I would have probably died. Like I've seen people go to these tryouts and just fail miserably. Like after after I was like accepted in the next tryout after me, I was like working out in the gym while they're doing the tryout. And I remember turning around and there's this guy that's trying out. He's drinking like a full like I'm not even joking like the big bottle of Coke. He was drinking it while doing the tryout. God. And then I'm like, oh, he's not going to last. I turn around, keep working out. And then I hear, like, all this, like, kerfuffle behind me. I'm like, what the hell just happened? I turn around and I see him, like, projectile vomiting (laughs) all over the place. (laughs) Like, it was so bad. We had bins set out everywhere for people that wanted to vomit. And he decided to just become a water fountain and just do it everywhere. Like I've like I've seen the amount of people that have showed up to wrestling uh, wrestling training, and I don't like I don't I don't understand it. Sometimes some people show up, and I think they expect it to be quite easy. And, they do, and that can be like I I always do like when I take sessions down in Dragon Pro, I'll have it so it's like I'll we'll make sure that the beginning stuff is easier, so I'm kind of easing people in, and then when I do the advanced session, then I'll do something that blows me up because it should blow everybody else at the same time. But yeah. then, like, again, if they're doing these tryouts and they want to kind of, like, test you at the same time, I can only imagine how hard that must be for somebody who has probably walked in with no physical attributes, who just loves wrestling, and then how yeah. much struggle doing that. Yeah. No, there's definitely a lot of people that struggle. But it's funny because, like, my favorite part of the tryouts, and, like, this is the reason why I was at every single tryout after mine, to see, like, who are the people that really want it? We end the tryouts with chops. <laughs> so everyone takes three chops, three to five chops from like the superstars. And it's just, <laughs> it's so mean and so cruel, but it's like my favorite part. But, but I guess like you say, it's mean. I, I, in a way it's kind of not because like a part of you, like, we get we not that we get hurt, but everything hurts in wrestling. Even like yeah. even every bump to an extent hurts. So a part of you has to kind of get used to that, or even kind of like it a little bit to kind Legit. of to to want to be a wrestler. So again, I think chops are, are quite easy. They don't physically, you know, they take the wind out of you. They sting a little bit, but it it doesn't do the damage that say like a bump does or whatever to you. So I think I, yeah. again, I think that's absolutely fine. Yeah, I love it. It's my my favorite bit. Especially because people don't expect me to hit hard because I'm a girl. <laughs> um, how long were you training then before you before you debuted? Um, so I was training for like six months before I came out on a show. It wasn't like one of our normal shows. It was just like one that we did at a football club. Um, but yeah, it was only six months. I'm a fast learner though. So for other people, it took a little bit longer. But I didn't skip a training for like a whole year. I think that I think like six months is a good one because again I've had people on you that have said a month and I've had people on you that have said like Mark Haskins is the one I keep bringing up because he's the one I remember he was training like for nearly two years before they allowed him to wrestle and yeah. probably overtrained by then but yeah six months seems to be kind of the the rough estimate usually if you're if you're quite athletic six months seems to be about right yeah I think it's a good time so like compared to compared to like Britain and compared to probably a little bit like America, Australia is so vastly different in the sense that like it's so spread out. You can go miles and miles in, in certain directions and not hit big patches of, uh, 
you know, population. So, like, how difficult is it to break out in Australia? Um, yeah, man, it was like when I was there, it wasn't getting like the attention that it is now. So it was even harder. Um, luckily for me, I had like my coaches who were known by everyone. So they helped me get booked in different places. Um, but it was still hard. Cause like, like you said, everything's so spread out. So you have to travel. Like if you really, really want it, you got to get in the car and you got to drive. Cause they're not going to pay for your flights. Like how um, long, were those, how long were those, those journeys be in the car so a couple times i drove to melbourne um it's like mm, the drive to melbourne itself is like nine hours but depending where the show is it could be 10 10 and a half 11 well one way uh, yeah just one way i'm just i'm just hearing my mouth open <laughs> i don't know what to say like. <laughs> yeah no it's ridiculous like i had to do that a couple times and then like other times Every New Year's, um, we'd drive to Mount Gambia and we'd do a show. And Mount Gambia itself is five hours away. And then you got to set up the show. And then we do, like, three shows in one day, three to four at least. And, it's, and then you got to drive five hours back. Like, like a five-hour a five one in Britain is – that's far. But the one you were saying, like, nine to ten hours. So were you, like – would you finish the show, like, on a Saturday and then no – that you're not going to get back home until midday Sunday? Yeah. So, like, I was normally too young, so, like, I wouldn't be the one driving. So we'd have, like, five people crammed in a car. And we would drive to Melbourne, do the show. Sometimes we might stay the night at, like, one of the wrestlers' houses. But if we didn't, then we'd just drive back after the show. And it just it took forever. Like, luckily for me, like I said, I was, I was young, so I wasn't driving. So I could just sleep in the back. I'm one of those people. Uh, that's that's a big sin. You don't do that over here. You you fall asleep over here. And, oh, public enemy. Who was who was who was the person that you were making drive you around? Who was driving you around? Oh man, depending like who was coming with me. I remember, I remember driving up in a car, and it was me, uh, my coach Maddie, Dane Davies, and I think. Savannah, I think Dean Brady was driving. So I think he drove the whole way, actually. Poor fella. And you just slept in the back. Yep. I got stuck in the middle seat in the back. So, and I was like, huge. <laughs> yeah, yeah, to be fair, to be fair, you, you, you've never, even from the pictures when you were younger, you've never been uh, a small <laughs> girl. So for you to be in the middle, your knees must have been up to your chin. Oh, it was horrible. <laughs> Did you find, like, because, like, were there shows regularly, like, every most weekends, or were they quite spaced out? Um, ours are more spaced out because, like, wrestling was... And to do shows sometimes. So, for Riot City, I mostly just wrestled for them. I didn't really travel too much just because it is a far distance. And, like, I was young. Like, my parents don't want me traveling. But for Riot City, we normally did, like, sh two shows a month. One would be, like... Our big shows in the hall that we rent out, and other where it's just like a house show. Oh, that's not too bad then. That's that's that, again two, twice. I, I say that twice a month. That's still. Did you did you find then we're only wrestling twice a month that like getting experience was diff was really difficult. Yeah. 
Yeah, you you definitely learn a lot being in the ring and doing it in front of a crowd. So, like, we'll fast forward a tiny bit there because, like, as we know, you're now part of the WWE. Um, how did the tryout come about? Um, so, I actually got um, an email from WWE when I was 17. And when I emailed them back all my information, they were like, oh, crap, we didn't know that you were that young. Guys, do I really look that old? Like, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, they were like, we didn't know you were 17. Can you contact us when you're 21? Um, so then a couple years passed, and I was 20 years old, and they ended up coming back, and they emailed me again. They're like, hey, we know you're not 21, but we have a tryout coming up, and we want you to be a part of it. Um, so I think I had a couple people put my name forward for the first one. Um, I'm not entirely sure who. I think it might have been Jag Hartley Jackson, maybe my coaches. I, I'm not really too sure. Um, but then it came to the second, my second tryout, I guess, because I went on, I went into the first one, shook everyone's hand, little, little Demi, um, <laughs> <laughs> just shy, scared of the world. But then I went into the second one and I had been wrestling for like a few years now. I went to Japan. Um, so I was like pretty confident in myself. I sort of knew what I was doing a little bit. And it was funny because like this tryout day was just, it was just all kinds of screwed up. Like timing wise, everything was just like not happening for anyone that day. So it was like in Melbourne, I traveled to Melbourne and we were trying to find the entrance to the stadium and legitimately no one could find the entrance and then it started pouring and I don't know how but the group that I was with we found our way in we only got like a little bit wet but then legit like 20 minutes later the rest of the crew that like got tryouts they came in and they were drenched like soaking wet (laughs) and I was like oh my god what's happening we were supposed to start like 30 minutes ago, this whole tryout, and nothing's happening. And then 30 minutes go by again, and then Canyon and all that finally come in, and they're like, sorry, we didn't know where the entrance was. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> legitimately everyone has been walking around this building trying to find the entrance for, like, the last hour. And it was just everything got, like, pushed back, and then they were doing a show that night as well, so, like, they had time restrictions for everything, and we all had to do, like, our medical stills, so that took a while. Um, so we ended up finally getting in the ring after everything. And I think we only had like, I want to say an hour, hour and a half to do like the actual tryout, which is like not long enough for a tryout. Like if you come, yeah, like if you come here to Orlando, our tryouts last like two to three days. Like it's just, it wasn't going to happen. So we, we did like the tryout, we did the warm up and all that. And then we had matches, and I had two matches, which I wasn't expecting because I think there was only four of us that got two matches. Um, I guess they just really wanted to see what I could do. But the second one, man, the second one, they wanted to they wanted to show the camera guys how to film because they I don't think they had used them yet. So they made the last two matches, which was myself versus Kellyanne and. Boomer versus Bronson Reed. Um, they made all of us go back behind the curtain, and before our match, they made us do entrances. 
<laughs> full music, full everything. <laughs> and like my entrance back home, I'd come out headbanging to of mice and men and I would get up on the apron and I'd do the Nakamura, like the bend back. Yeah. And that was my entrance. Little do I know, like full coincidence, it's my time to go out and they start playing Shinsuke Nakamura's music. <laughs> I was like, oh God. All right. I'm walking down the ramp and like all the other guys for the tryouts are like on both sides. And I see my coach and he's like, do the Nakamura, do the Nakamura. And I'm like, I was like, oh God. So I'm like walking out and I'm like doing my thing, head banging. I get on the, <laughs> on the side of the ring and I do the Nakamura. I get up, get in the ring and I look into like the, where the chairs are for the stadium and Nakamura is standing there just like clapping at me. He's like, oh yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> I legit like crapped myself. Like I forgot what the match was. I forgot everything. I was just like, this is terrifying. <laughs> but they love stuff like that, right? I like, I wasn't there for this one, but I know that when like Pete and Tyler and Trent had their tryouts, and now you can imagine this now because this this is Trent. So like everyone had their <laughs> matches, and just before Trent's about to kind of have his match, he turns to Regal and goes, "Can I make my entrance?" And Regal just looks at him and goes, "Yeah, go on, you can make your entrance." So Ben went <laughs> all the way up the ramp, all the way backstage, and then with no music, comes out and does his full entrance, pretends to like clap <laughs> all the fans of the all the fans' hands, which are not there, of course, then gets oh, it, whatever. God. And of course, they went on to get like signed for the UK tournament. But like that's that that I think they like that sort of thing. You coming out to Nakamura's music with him right there, <laughs> and and having having like you know the courage to do that, even though you were probably <laughs> going to do it anyway. But they just like, yeah, this 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 girl, this girl's got it. Got to be what we're looking for. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I think everyone enjoyed it at that point. <laughs> How did it feel getting that WWE tryout again? Because like you were such a huge wrestling fan, and like what did it what did it feel like? Like and what did your parents think and everything when you like got that offer uh, for the tryout? Oh man, it was crazy! Like I had so many emotions going through my mind. I remember like opening the email and I was in the gym, and I just had to like sit down on one of the chairs because I was like, "This is insane!" Like I'm about to try out for WWE. This is like the place where everyone wants to be. And I have a tryout. Like little 20-year-old Demi Bennett has a tryout. And I just, I thought it was the wildest thing. I was so excited. I wanted to cry. I'm not a huge crier, but like I came pretty close to it. (laughs) But it was just insane. And I remember telling my parents and they were just so happy. Like at at the beginning of my career, they weren't super excited with me wrestling like they were just like can you not do this can you do something else um but them seeing me grow into like the person that I became through wrestling like they were so proud of me and then once I got that email they were just like you've got it like you can do this and they were just yeah everyone was just super proud and I was super excited but nervous of course um but yeah it was it was insane did you think you were did you think you'd get signed like I know that's um, a silly question. I know that's a silly question because, but a part, a part of you, part of you, must have thought a little bit. You like had the confidence you were going to get signed. So I myself was like, it's not going to happen. But absolutely everyone else that got a tryout, 
the whole tryout, they were just giving me crap. They're like, oh, this is the Demi Bennett tryout. Like, <laughs> I'm not even joking. Everyone. I remember, like, the medicals when we were doing that. Um, I just went in to see Doc. And then I walked out and I went into the women's locker room to, like, I think it was to get changed or something. And everyone in the corridor waiting for their medicals, they were just, like, talking about how it was going to be just my tryout. They're like, why do we even travel here? This is the Demi Bennett tryout. Like, they just want extra people here. Like, why are we here? Um, And then Doc came out of his room and he's like, has anyone seen Demi Bennett? (laughs) And everyone's just like, oh, of course you want Demi Bennett. Like. (laughs) i'm just like i was scared because everyone kept saying that and i was like you guys are gonna ruin my chance because everyone's gonna think that i have an ego but it's just you guys being australian people don't get our humor (laughs) did uh were you the only person from that tryout to get signed so i was at the beginning um i was the only person there and then eventually now uh brennan vink's here bronson reed's here Indy Hartwell's here. So they were all in that tryout with me. So so it really was the, the Demi Bennett tryout then? <laughs> yeah, I was the only one that got in for like a few years. <laughs> so, the, so let's talk about like, let's talk about signing then. So you're 20 years old, you've just been signed by the WWE and, they, and you have to uproot your entire life and go live in Florida. How scary is that? Dude, it's absolutely terrifying like even now like it's still it's still scary to me because I am so far away like I'm on the other side of the world to my whole family um at the time like I'm lucky because I moved over here with my partner at the time so he helped me out with like a lot of stuff because I was only 20 years old I had never like filled out paperwork for like rent or buying a car like I've never done any of that I've never had to do a visa I've never had to do anything. Um, so I'm, I'm thankful and I'm grateful that he was a part of my life when I was doing all of that. Um, but now it's it's still super scary to me. Like, I have to renew my visa. And I don't know what the hell is going on because of all what's going on in the world right now, you know? Um, it's just, it's terrifying. Like, I, I really wish that I had my parents here with me. I'd feel a lot more confident with everything. But that's just part of growing up you know and this is my dream and I have to toughen up <laughs> <laughs> well tough enough is a nice little segue we t- we'll talk about like the PC and kind of being submerged in all that again see my love little segue that was brilliant I thought I was quite good then um, <laughs> uh, like I've been there a few times like what was the feeling walking into into the PC for the first time I had nearly crapped myself <laughs> It was the scariest moment of my life. Like, I went in there not really knowing anyone because I was a month late with my class. So I legit walked in and I was the new person. Um, I didn't get brought in with a class because my visa didn't, like, something stuffed up, so I was late. Um, So it was absolutely terrifying. I remember sitting there ringside watching watching my class train because for the first, like, couple – of weeks you sort of like watch and you don't really do anything um so I was sitting there watching them and it was just scary like everyone was so big and everyone was so jacked and everyone was so good and I was just like I don't know if I belong here like I just don't feel comfortable um so it was was really really scary luckily for me like we had 
the Mae Young Classic one, like the first one, maybe a couple of weeks um, after I got there. So I got to go out and actually wrestle and feel more like myself. Um, but it was it was absolutely terrifying. <laughs> yeah, like you talk about that confidence, it is as well. I think as somebody else said this. It's it's with wrestlers and with wrestling fans. It's what have you done for me lately? So you can kind of be there and you can be the nicest person. But a lot of that respect and camaraderie comes from being able to show what you can do in the ring. And I guess yeah. that May Young coming around was probably perfect time for you to kind of show what you could do and earn the respect of everyone else who was in your class. Yeah, no, definitely. Like, I remember being here and, and people, like, people were nice, but at the same time, like, you had people that didn't really, like, look at you while they were talking to you or you could, like, feel them talking about you. But after, like, I wrestled a couple of times, people knew that I could, like, work. So they started being nicer to me. Um, it's just, it's funny how wrestling works, you know? Who uh, Did you wrestle Dakota in the first May Young? Yeah, so my first match was uh, Miranda. And then my second match was Dakota. And did you know Dakota before before that? Yeah, I actually had a match with her at, uh, in Perth for NHP Dub. We had a singles match there, and we also had a four-way. So that's pretty cool, then, like your first kind of voyage onto, onto TV. And again, being able to show people what you can do, you were luckily getting in there with a familiar face. Yeah, no, that was nice. It was It was refreshing, you know. Because, like, she knew my stuff, I knew her stuff, so I knew it was going to be easy. <laughs> I feel like we saw you on there, and then, like, I remember see, I remember seeing you. I only remember seeing you because I went back and I'd watched stuff. But I, I remember seeing you, and then you kind of, again, probably would have been doing the house shows, and then we didn't really see you again. Well, I personally didn't really see you again until you showed up at NXT UK. And, like, the difference between your whole look and everything from that time period of May Young 1 all the way to NXT UK was absolutely astonishing. Like, it's, like a, completely <laughs> different, like it's a completely different person. Um, yeah. Where, where, did that, where did that look come from? What, how come you looked that way at the start and then you kind of morphed into the Rhea Ripley we know, we know now? Um, so it's, like, it's a long, long story. Um the first May Young Classic, like, the way that I looked then, I still acted the way that I act now. But for the first May Young Classic, like, being so new into this life and just wanting to please everyone, I tried to do everything that they were telling me, and I sort of, like, confused myself and lost who I was. Um, everyone was telling me that I needed to smile more. They're like, don't headbang there because we can't see you on the camera. Um, just everything, and it was all very overwhelming, and I sort of lost myself. And the year between the first May Young to the second May Young, I went through a lot, like a lot at the performance center, to the point where like I cried every day for like I want to say six months. Like it was very very hard for me. Um, I was going through like a hard time at home and a hard time at work, so there wasn't really any escape for me. And then once the hard time at home, like, once I got over that and it was just work, I sort of just, like, taught myself to love myself and, like, be myself and not really care what other people were saying because I know what's good for me and I know what I can do and I know what I'm good at. Um, so I sort of went into the second May Young Classic with that mindset, you know. I'd cut my hair and I changed my gear into something that I was more comfortable in because I wasn't really comfortable in the little 
booty shorts and the top. Like, I just, it's not me. I wear high top jeans and a crop top every single day. Like, if I have to wear normal clothes, that's what I'm wearing. Even, like, when I go to the gym, like, I wear high top tights and sometimes a crop top or, like, a longer top. It's just what I wear. It's what I feel comfortable in. So it made sense to me at the time to change into that. And I had a few people telling me that I would look good in that stuff. So I was like, you know what? I'll give it a try. Um, so I went into that sort of salty, <laughs> you know, I was sort of done with everything. And I just, I wanted to please myself. And then I knew that pleasing myself would also please others. So luckily for me, it worked. Like I, I remember rocking up to picture day for the second May Young Classic and I was in my new stuff. And I remember Bloom walking past and he's like, what's this? I'm like, new gear. He's like, yeah, it looks good. I'm like, yeah, I'm a heel now. <laughs> like, that's, just, that's just what I said. Like, that's just how I was. I was like, I'm just going to see how it goes. Like, see what happens. It's just, it's something new. Like, I've never been a heel before. Um, but it, luckily for me, it worked and they couldn't really say anything about it. Um, but yeah, then after the May Young Classic, the second one, I went to the UK and I got to meet all you cool guys and it was just, <laughs> it was, it was super fun. Like I, I don't regret anything that I did, any steps that I took to become who I am today. Cause this is like the real me, like the person that you see in the ring that is authentic. That is myself. That's my Italian side when I get angry. <laughs> hey everyone, just want to take a moment from our wonderful gathering with Rhea Ripley this week to talk to you about Suplex Apparel. Suplex Apparel is a clothing brand team of pro wrestlers consisting of Zack Sabre Jr., Tony Storm, Matt Riddle, Miko Satamora, and many, many more elite grapplers. Their new JPM 4 range is out now and it's so sick. I grabbed some t-shirts myself from the range personally and they're definitely some of my favourites both in comfort and fit. I couldn't recommend them enough. The JPM 4 range is being restocked weekly so if you've missed out on something over the last week or so, definitely check back at suplexapparel.com for restock. Over the last few years, whether it's training or casual wear, Suplex clothing has become a go-to for myself and many others. And the best part is, no matter where you live, they ship worldwide. So if you haven't already, jump over to Suplex Apparel right now and pick up some goodies. That's suplexapparel.com. Create your legacy. I think like what you said as well, like you being really like you were unhappy professionally. And I think I've spoke to a lot of people. I know that when you're over there at the PC, there's like so many coaches and there's such a vast variety of opinions on what they think wrestling is. And again, that's such a good thing because everyone then gets a wealth of knowledge from all these different places. But yeah. with you coming in so young to the business, you coming in as like a 20 year old, not really knowing who they are. And again, over the last 10 years, I've taken on bad advice and it's, I've fallen flat on my face and I've taken on good advice and you kind of realize what's good advice and what's bad advice. But you yeah. don't have that kind of going over there at a 20 year old uh, young person and especially with stuff going on outside of uh, work as well so I can only imagine you were kind of getting instructions from one person to be one way and then somebody else was telling you something different and that can just be so confusing for a young wrestler when they've got so many people trying to pull them in different directions definitely yeah. definitely like I remember like one week someone would tell me something and then I'd do that on the next show and then after that I'd come back and get criticism about my match and they'll be like why'd you do this I'm like well this person told me to do it like oh man it used to happen all the time how did how did nxt uk come about because again like 
you would have done Mae Young. They, I'm guessing they were really happy with the the second one and they kind of what they saw. We'll talk about the second one in a in a bit. But um, how did that come about? Did they just kind of pull you in the office and say, okay, you're going to the UK? So I was supposed to actually be on the first episode of NXT UK, um, the one where Dakota went over. It was supposed to be myself, Tegan, and Dakota. Okay. Um, Tegan got injured in the May Young Classic. Um, and in time for uh, me to go over there and travel to the UK, I actually popped my eardrum on a live event over here so they wouldn't let me fly. Um, I think, like you said, they were just really happy with my Mae Young um, performance and they were just like, they didn't have anything for me on NXT TV, but because NXT UK was just getting built up and they needed more females for this tournament, I think, they were like, we'll just chuck her in. She's Australian. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think it was like, uh, Travis, oh, Travis is over there. Travis is a New Zealander. It all makes sense. Yeah, chuck yeah. Throw, throw the Australians over. <laughs> Legit. <laughs> oh, man. So, but, again, yeah, that, like, go on. Oh, I was just going to say, that whole day for, like, NXT UK, the whole tournament and all that, that was just, like, insane like it was may young classic all over again it was so crazy it was such a crazy time in my life like man if i wasn't confident in myself at that time i probably would have botched the whole thing <laughs> well before like, we'll, we'll kind of flip-flop in here but uh, let's go back and talk about the may young then because again um that confidence uh that you kind of found that that injury with with tegan and i know that's like we I know that at the time you were kind of given a lot of flack online for it, but that confidence to have the fact that like she gets hurt and it's being recorded. There's no way they can cut it. The match is already kind of going on. She's trying to get in once. And then of course they're being told, okay, we definitely have to end this match here and you have to go on to the next round in a, in a match that was never planned to happen. <laughs> and you're, while the cameras are rolling, like you're being, you're being told, you've got to like, keep the character going, keep the character going. And if any, anyone who knows you, I can only imagine when you go backstage how heartbroken you must have been like for, for Steph. But yeah. like that confidence you had to be able to continue to, to play the character while one of your good friends was led on the floor with potentially a career-threatening injury. Like, let's just talk about that for a second. How hard is that to kind of maintain that composure and that confidence while all that's going on? Dude, it was absolutely horrible. Like, it was so heartbreaking. I can't even begin to even get into my emotions that were going through my head. But I, I just remember her going for that dive. And I remember us landing, and I was like, that was sweet. And then I just hear her, like, start swearing. And I was like, um pretty sure this is getting recorded and it's PG, so she must be really hurt. Um, and then I went in the ring and she was supposed to climb to the top and I think it was do the molly go around, I think it was, but she didn't end up climbing to the top. Like, she just got in the ring and I was like, okay, this is not good. This, something's going on. Um, and then she ran at me. We kept doing, like, some stuff and she's like, I'm like, are you okay? Are you okay? She's like, I'm good, I'm good, keep going. Dude, she's so tough. I can't believe that she kept going. But she's like, keep going, keep going. Give me a pop-up. I'm like, all right. So I do the pop-up. Boom, she lands it. She starts selling to the corner. Um, I started, like, lighting her up with uh, chops because that was the next spot. Like, we were just going through the match. Boom, boom, boom. Um, I just tried to keep checking up on her. Like, no one was really getting me off of her. We didn't really know what was going on. 
she just kept like told me to keep going so I'm like I'm gonna do whatever you want because you know how wrestlers are we get hurt and we just want to keep going like we just want to finish the match and get it done um and then she uh she called for the drop kick spot so I finally boom gave her the drop kick and what happened was her foot because her knee was already stuffed up when she went to bump her foot was stuck on the canvas so when she fell back, it, like, twisted her knee even more, and I think that's where it properly exploded because she threw the X up. Um, I actually went to grab her afterwards, but she put the X up, so I backed off, like, straight away. And it was just, man, it was absolutely heartbreaking. I remember just, like, walking around, and in my head I'm just, like, stay in character, stay in character, stay in character, because no one else was telling me what was going on. Like, I remember the dot coming out. I remember all of that. But no one really told me what was happening. And I was just like, stay in character. They raised my hand and I was like, okay, like, I have to wrestle with you now. Um, I remember walking back and as soon as I got through the curtain, I just ran. Like, I was in panic mode. And I was like, where's Tegan? Where's Eo? What's happening? And I remember Sarah, like, she's like, come with me. We need to go plan our match now. Like, okay. So I run outside and I start talking with Eo you didn't really speak much English at this point. So <laughs> it was super hard. Um, but yeah, we had, we had luckily Kyrie was there. So like Kyrie and I had wrestled a few times. So she was helping EO and myself. And then I had Casey, Leo Rush, Ricochet. I had all them guys helping me like remember and like think. And even Sarah Amato who was like writing it down. But I remember panicking talking to EO and I remember seeing the camera light coming closer and I was like, what the hell is happening? And then I see, like, everyone carrying Tegan. And I had to – it's it's so sad because I really wanted to be there and, like, tell her that I was sorry and ask her how she is. But me, myself, knowing the sort of character that I wanted to put across, I went and hid under the truck while they were walking past. Um, and it was just – just hearing her scream, like, it was – heart shattering even just like seeing her sell now like whenever she sells her knee like I remember she had the match with Kaylee Ray at NXT UK and Kaylee was working their leg and she was screaming in agony about her knee and it was like giving me PTSD like it's just it was such a horrible moment to be a part of again putting across like that girl so tough the fact that like she probably what tore her ACL or whatever or her PCL before like her full knee went and yeah. then caused like the full eruption of everything and like she's yeah. had, I'm gonna grab like we spoke to her I'm definitely gonna grab her on the podcast in the, in the next couple of weeks but like her story is like she has had the roughest journey since she getting, has to get into Florida like everything everything like again she had visa problems before she got out there then she went out there and had the injury before the May Young then she had this like the second one and oh it's it's but again, to you, tops off, and again, you're saying about, like, you, this is the character you wanted to portray, and you kind of made sure you're out of shot. Again, all that's important, uh, again, builds up a brand, and, and she's she's the utmost professional. She would totally, and probably does, completely understand that. Yeah. It was it was a really hard time. I remember going to visit her afterwards, like, I want to say, like, a week afterwards, because I just wanted her to, like, settle and like, be okay. And I took my dog over to her place, because I know how much she loves dogs. <laughs> so I surprised her with Luna and we just chilled and talked for a while and I just wanted to see how she was. Well, like, you having to go over to do NXT UK then, like, this, this think about this. 
this has just happened with her. You now have to travel across the world to the country she comes from and be introduced <laughs> to all her friends. <laughs> Dude, it was scary. <laughs> like, again, I was thinking, I can remember, like, I think there was a conversation amongst all us lot, because at that point when you came back over, there was, did Dakota come back over with you the second time, or was it just you? Um, so Dakota was there for the tournament as well. Um, so she she came for a couple times, I think it was. But we were saying that, like, apart from, like, you two, and she'd met a lot of the girls before. You had yeah. walked over and and didn't really know anybody. How 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 scary was that having to kind of come over and and have to again be the new kid in class once again? Dude, it was terrifying. Like I remember not leaving Dakota's side. It was either Dakota, Tony Storm, or Travis Banks. Like I didn't leave any of their sides. It was one of them. Like I was always with them at all times. <laughs> And then, of course, we know now that 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 tournament led on to you becoming the NXT UK Women's Champion. Uh, how how did that come about? Like, how did they tell you you were you were going over and you were going to become the the first ever champion? Because everyone, did... everyone, like even like even friends, I had friends who were at that show, and they were like, "Tony Storm hurt? Is that is this why like we really went over?" And I was like, "No, that was always the plan." And they were like. Yeah. Like, everyone was convinced it was tailor-made for Tony Storm. So tell me, how did that come about? Um, I have no idea, to be honest. Um, <laughs> it was like a wild, wild couple of days. I think, I, I don't even think I was supposed to make it past the the second round, I think it was. Um, I don't really know what happened, eh? Like, everything just kept changing. They kept changing the matches. They kept changing everything. Um, and then going into the final with Tony, I wasn't even supposed to be in the finals. So I don't know what happened in the meetings. I don't know what was said or what was done, but somehow I won the whole tournament. And <laughs> 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 I don't know where it came from. Like, I really don't. I don't know if they wanted, like, a heel to be champ. I'm not entirely sure. But it is. it was definitely, like, it seemed like it was made for Tony to be the NXT UK women's champion. Um, and man, the most depressing thing was like, she got injured in that match as well. Like she hurt her back. <laughs> that didn't make me feel fantastic about myself. I was like, man, I keep injuring people. But because that happened, everyone was like, Oh, Tony was supposed to win. Rhea wasn't supposed to win. They had to change it in the match. That's why they had a weird ending that just came out of nowhere. I was like, no guys, it was planned that way. It was just a very stressful day. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. I remember, I remember you coming back and you being very like, kind of again upset because it'd be like two two big events on the trot where somebody you'd wrestled got hurt. But I know that yeah. you came back and a lot of us were saying like, because again, I don't think we at this point we'd only seen little snippets of um, of May Young. We hadn't seen it hadn't all gone out. So this was the first time that we really saw you as a competitor. And all of us, I remember all of us just saying to you, like, this, you're a completely different person to, like, who you were a year ago. And I think even maybe, like, I think maybe even Tyler or Pete said that you potentially could be, like, the most improved wrestler on the roster at NXT over that course of that year. And again, I think that is another reason why you became the inaugural champion. I think they saw that and they thought this is somebody we can build upon. Yeah, it was wild. (laughs) Man, I wish I could relive it. Just, like, all the compliments that were coming from you guys, like I really appreciated it all. And it was just, 
it was a great time in my life. Like I, I wish I could relive it. You want to know? You want to know what's the most annoying thing? And I know that we've spoke about this before. Is oh, the, God. Fact that, uh, the fact that uh, this was uh, NXT UK didn't have a home at this point. We weren't on the network. We were just getting recorded. And I think we had weeks and weeks in the bank before we eventually ended up on the network. And now we're on, of course. Oh, oh, you know exactly where I'm going with this. <laughs> yes. So you, you technically were the first ever Australian to hold gold in the WWE. First ever. Yes, I, I was holding that title for three months before anyone knew about it. I was defending it over here at house shows before people knew that I had it. <laughs> and then, I do believe, two weeks before it airs on TV and it all becomes official, Buddy Murphy wins the Cruiserweight Championship in Australia. <laughs> what a prick. What an absolute prick. <laughs> uh, I, you can't write it, can you, really? Like, again, two weeks before... Uh, Man. Like, in the history books, it will say that he was the first Australian to hold gold in the WWE. I, I know. It's so annoying. <laughs> uh, but again, I, I, I guess you can hold that you can hold the credence that you are the first uh, female Australian <laughs> to hold the WWE. You can't take that from you. Oh my uh, God! No, thank God. <laughs> um, like. Over the course of the next six months, like, you know, from that May Young to, to NXT UK to, like, Blackpool as well um, with Tony, what, what, a, what a six months they were because eventually that, that six months kind of the, happened with you coming into the Royal Rumble. Yeah. And, like, can you even, like, think about yourself, how upset you, like, you know, how frustrated you were before you found this new character of yourself how lost you felt. And if you could have, like, somebody could have gone to you, don't worry, you're going to find this character and in six months' time, you're going to be in the Royal Rumble. Man. Like, can you even imagine that? I wouldn't have believed it if anyone told me. Not at all. Not one single little bit, because, like I said, that point in my life before the second Mate of Classic, I was like, so down on myself and I just I hated it here and I wanted to leave or I wanted to like you know end it all and I just wanted to be done with everything um so to then like like pretty much flip the switch and be a part of the second Mae Young Classic do as well as I did then go to the UK become the first ever NXT UK Women's Champion then go and be a part of the Royal Rumble like the second ever Women's Royal Rumble man like if I could go back and tell my younger self that this would all be a thing I definitely wouldn't have believed it at all but it was it was wild and then to like then now everything that's happening like my life if I could write a book like if I started jotting down notes and I wrote a book about my life people would think that it's fiction (laughs) (laughs) Um, how mental was it then to walk out of the Royal Rumble as a surprise entrance and hear the reaction that you got because it was so loud Dude, it was so loud. I didn't even know that people knew who I was. Like, <laughs> I, like I, every time I posted something on Twitter about being the NXT UK Women's Champ, it annoyed that living crap out of me because people were like, you're not a real champion. I'm like, guys, NXT UK is a great brand, and I'm a champion of that brand. Don't you disrespect my brand. And then to hear, like, the eruption from the crowd when I came out at the Royal Rumble, man, it was like, I wasn't expecting it. 
but it was so so loud and like it sort of blew me off a little bit I was like oh my god like all right gotta start running gotta take my jacket off let's go let's do it <laughs> yeah you talk about that it's crazy isn't it how you have that small minority that kind of like you know give you shit on twitter and they kind of keep going keep going but then like for example using you as an example or when like Walter's shown up at Survivor Series and the reactions he was getting or when Pete showed up at the Rumble and yourself mm-hmm. and like Tony like it shows that like the real fans are the ones that don't really say anything online they're the ones that kind of are watching they're appreciating they're loving it yes yeah. exactly I want to talk about like this build up to becoming the NXT champion because we've spoke about this a little bit as well and you seem to be like again you wasn't supposed to be in the final of the NXT UK Women's Championship Tournament. You end up winning it. Let's talk about that match where you come out and you interrupt Shayna. <laughs> again, again, like it's it's it, your your career just seems to be. You're not supposed to have this moment, yet you mm-hmm. go out there and you excel so much better than they expect, and Dude. that in turn then changes the plans. Yep, this is another one of those moments. This is a hundred and ten percent another one of these moments. So let's so let's talk about what was the original plan for for you coming out on NXT and confronting Shayna. What was the original plan? So Shayna had gone through pretty much everyone in NXT. So I pretty much finished with NXT UK, handed it off to Piper, and I was coming into NXT to do that promo. So we were supposed to do a match later because everything was pre-recorded at that time. So we were supposed to do a match later on that night for the, uh, a couple of weeks after. And I was supposed to tap out. That's what was supposed to happen. I was, it was just supposed to be a one-off thing. I tap out. That's it. Um, so I went out. And as soon as my music hit, like, the whole of Full Sail just erupted so loud like it was extremely loud it doesn't even sound that loud when you watch it back but if you were there in person like it was insane um and then I went I went into the ring cut my promo the best that I have and people popped so loud for that the Shana left I left I came back and everyone backstage was just like oh my god that was really good so anyways Shana and I we go to get changed into like our gear Sarah comes running into the room and Sarah's just like, guys, change of plans. Rhea got too much of a pop. We need to change the ending. And I was like, well, okay. Like, what are we going to do? Like, <laughs> Shana's like, we've been trying to tell you this for weeks. Every time we're on a road loop, Rhea gets the biggest pop out of anyone. And Sarah's like, yep, we believe you now. We need to change the ending. <laughs> we believe you now. Now we have the facts in front of us. We believe you. <laughs> Legit. I was like, oh my God. So what's happening? And they're like, we're going to need to do a DQ so we can continue this some other time. I'm like, okay, cool. It's cool with me. Whatever. <laughs> so that's why I hit it with the chair so we could continue it. <laughs> and then like, again, you wouldn't have, you wouldn't have been the planned person because of all that. But then you end up becoming the captain of of the female war games match. Oh dude, I wasn't expecting that. Like it's legit. My life is just like, just, it's full of me proving people wrong and them finally realizing it and then giving me what I've worked hard for. And it's just, it's insane. <laughs> and that match in, that match in general is, is so good. Like 
from so many from so many bits and pieces like how how was it putting that together because you've got all the stuff like you've got like the reverse run with Kaylee Ray you've got all the build up to you and Shayna you've got the moonsault from EO and then on top of that as well you've got the Dakota and Tegan switch which was like I remember watching it and literally my jaw hitting the floor and just thinking this is incredible <laughs> this is great like how how much fun was that putting it all together and kind of think like did you expect to get the reactions that you did Man, it was so much fun. Like, I've never been in a match where you can use weapons, and I have dreamt about that moment my entire life. <laughs> I've never like, been in a cage match. I'm dying for a cage match. Legit. It's so much fun. Like, oh, it's so much fun. Putting it together, it was easier than it should have been because we had less people because Tegan and Dakota weren't going to be in the match. Um, But it was still really hard because, like, it was just Candace and I, and I'm like, well, if you're beating up Candace, and I'm supposed to be selling, who's going to stop you from beating up Candace? And it's just like, it was just super like difficult, but at the same time, like it was cool to sort of be creative and just like start thinking of things, and even go back to like movie references and stuff. Like Candace and I, when we stood in the middle of both rings, and there was two people in one ring, two people in the other, it was like an Avengers spot. Candace had the bin lid. I had the, the handcuff, and I'm like, all right, let's go. Like, it was just super fun to, like, put it all together, and it was super fun to execute. Oh, God, it's – yeah, I don't know. It was it was just such a good time, such a good time. The crowd loved it, and it was the first ever women's war games match, and I don't think it could have gone any better, you know? Yeah, and that moment as well, you guys, you said, are in the middle of the ring. I was thinking about, like, again, from, from the wrestler side of the party, I was thinking, like, about how you've got to kind of make sure that's all right because the cameras, you've got to hold it long enough. And, again, the two rings makes it a completely different thing to having the one ring and the, you know, the the one side that we usually all work towards and stuff like that. So that it came off so well, and it's so yeah, much fun yeah. to watch back. Oh, definitely. It's, oh, it was so I really wanted to do it again. I remember coming back after the match. And I was like, can we go again? Like, can we go back out there, please? <laughs> I love those ones. I love those ones where you're like, right, I've had my warm-up of the actual match. I'm ready for round two now. That's, that's legit. <laughs> man, it was – I. Oh, man, if I could go back, I remember wanting to plan the spot, right, with Bianca. And I didn't know how it was going to work, but I wanted to somehow, like, make it work. I wanted to get a battery-powered tattoo gun. And I wanted Bianca to rip the fishnet in my pants and tattoo lips on my leg. <laughs> well, everyone held me down. I wanted that so bad. <laughs> and I'm guessing uh, they said no. Yeah, they're like, I don't know if that's hygienic. And I was like, yeah, true. <laughs> that is very, very true. <laughs> did you know, did you know uh, going into that match that the, the plan was you over Shayna and then eventually you taking the strap off Shayna or was you or did you just know that it was you up on Shayna? Um, I just knew that it was me up on Shayna for that. Um, everything that followed that, I had no idea was going to happen. Like, they're very on the day, we'll tell you. <laughs> so it's sort of just like rocking up to work and then figuring out what's happening. Um, but so you, hey, like... So you rolled up to like the live NXT tapings and you had no idea that you were taking the belt off Shayna that night? I wasn't very sure, like, because things change on the day as well. So, like, I knew a little bit, but I was like, I'm not going to believe it until it's the day and until we're out there doing it. Because, like, they change their minds so often. Like, they could have changed it to anything. 
Yeah, it's it's wrestler's rule, isn't it? You don't you don't count any of your chickens until they hatch. Pretty much. So let's talk about that then. You were the first real big title change on live NXT TV in a time where again the the ratings they were back and forth, back and forth, back and forth with AEW, and you were given that spot to kind of you know this this go up and grab attention. Like, did you feel a lot of pressure on that night? Yeah, man, I felt all the pressure, especially because, like, we were live and we were main event, so you really have to hit the times because, like, if you go further, then you're going to wrestle until the show is off air and then you're still going to be wrestling and people aren't going to know at home what happened. Um, So you really got to hit the times. And even with commercial breaks, like, people at home don't understand how hard it is to do this. Oh, it's so hard. They don't understand that you have to hit your time perfectly while doing a million things and thinking of a million things and listening to a million things. Like, they don't understand how difficult it is. Um, but to be, like, trusted with that spot was absolutely amazing, and I'm so glad that they trusted us with it because we put on, like, one hell of a match. That's the best match that I have ever had with Shayna and one of the best matches that I've had here in WWE. Um Man, it was such a special day. Such a special, special day. Like, the crowd, man, the crowd couldn't have been any better. They were so, like, responsive with everything that we did. And it was just so much fun. Like, even we improvised so much on the fly as well. Because, like, she was working my arm. And then in one of the ad breaks, they sent a doctor down. And he's trying to, like, help me out. I'm telling him to go away. I'm like, I don't need your help. Go away. Go away. Like, that was all, like, improvised and stuff. But that's the stuff that you don't see when you're at home. And there was just so much. Like, even with the girls running down, pushing me into the pole. Man, everything. It just, like, everything hit so perfectly. I don't think we could have done it better. Yeah, again, as you were saying, people don't realize about those uh, about those bits they don't see on the like doing the commercial break. It's not it's, it's not as simple as once you got a commercial, okay, we can take a breather here because one of the biggest selling points of NXT is the fact that that crowd rock and roll from start to finish. So yes. you moment you go into commercial, you've then got to figure out a way to keep this crowd rearing to go while also not blowing all your best stuff while you're not <laughs> Yeah, dude, it's hard. Like I'm tr- just trying not to gas out. Like I think we had like I want to say 20-something minutes. And I was like, I don't even know if I could wrestle for that long. Like, I'm not a long wrestler. <laughs> I get my job done and I get out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, like, you did. It, was, it was great. Well, you did. And the reaction you got, again, like, the crowd were, like, it was the perfect timing. The crowd were, like, they were gagging for the title change. You were the person that they selected, again, you weren't supposed to win against Shane that first time around. They picked you when you come out. They got you over. And well, you got yourself over with them, and then of course they pushed for you to to be that person to the throne. And it was again a mixture of all these things coming in together to be absolutely perfect. Yeah, yeah. all the stars align, you know, for me. So, like, we talk about stars aligning, and we talk about yes. kind of everything, kind of you know, working out. On the flip side of that, we then head into WrestleMania. Yes. You get told that you're going to be wrestling Charlotte Flair on WrestleMania for your championship. Like, before we'll get into everything that went wrong with that and everything led into it, like, what was the initial feeling being told that that was the plan? Um, I was just terrified. Like, 
I thought it was super cool because like I'd always wanted to be on WrestleMania, but I was terrified, um, especially because it was supposed to be at the stadium in front of like 80,000 plus. Like it was scary. It would have been the biggest crowd that I have ever wrestled in front of. And against Charlotte Flair, such like a credible, uh, credible athlete, like I was terrified. I was super excited, but it's scary because like if you're not nervous and you don't really care, that's the saying that I go that I go with and it's true like I just want to I want to do a good job and I want to make people proud and I want like people to believe in me and my craft and this was going to be my chance and my opportunity to show everyone exactly who I am um so I thought it was like super awesome but then everything went on with the world (laughs) you know everything sort of shut down and failed (laughs) and then it was at the performance center and even with it at the performance center I was like still super nervous even though that is where I had been for the last three years I was still super nervous um but hey I did it I was on Wrestlemania and it's still Wrestlemania at the end of the day like it's still super cool and it was a hell of a match as well. Like, again, I think it's one of the, the sleeper matches of the weekend. Of course, other big things happened with Edge's return and the crazy st- spots with uh, Owens. And then, of course, you've got the, the two cinematic matches that came from Taker and Bray and stuff like that. But yours is, like, low-key, in my opinion, the best match of the weekend. Thanks, dude. <laughs> oh, no, I, again, I'm not just saying it. I really do believe. I think that any, not just women's wrestlers, but any wrestlers looking to see a really good example of, again, when we come out of all this, we don't know how long it's going to be until we're able to wrestle in front of loads and loads of people. It could be, we could, a lot of us could be wrestling in front of nobody for a while. Like, that could be the case. And I think yeah. you're one of the matches that you can kind of watch and kind of show how you can get heat, how you can kind of build build a match and how it can get over uh, through TV. And I thought it was absolutely great. Again, I know it's not, you can always think, like, how good this would have been and it would have been absolutely incredible to have you in front of all those those eighty thousand fans. Always <laughs> happy to think about it this way, isn't it? But you're super young too. Like this, I honestly like this is not going to be this is not going to be the the last time you're on WrestleMania. Yeah, and I mean, like it was it was still like super cool. And I remember after the match was done, even though the outcome wasn't exactly what I wanted, it doesn't matter. Um, I remember once the match ended because it was such like a stressful day. Like you have no idea. It was such a stressful day. Um, I remember ding, ding, ding. Everything was done. Cameras were off and I just started crying. Like I was bowling and I remember everyone coming down to the ring and they're like, please tell me these are happy tears. I'm like, guys, you have no idea. Like I'm, I'm so happy. And I'm, I feel like a weight has been lifted off my shoulders as well. So I'm also crying because of that because I was super stressed. But, like, I was so happy because it is WrestleMania and it still does mean a lot. Um, I was just happy to know that, like, we did well. That was the first time that I had wrestled in front of no crowd. Like, my last show that I was on was the Fans Appreciation Night for NXT. So I hadn't actually gone out in front of no one yet so that was the first time and to know that like we did well and I proved myself and I showed everyone that I do deserve to be here like I was 
super ecstatic and super happy. And yes, I cried. <laughs> so what's next then for Rhea Ripley? I know that you're a, I know that you're a big goal oriented person. So what's next? Uh, I'm going to try and get my title back, of course. <laughs> Man, I'm going to, I know that uh, EO and Charlotte, they had a fantastic match. Um, but man, sorry, EO, like I need to get my championship back. I'm going to go through everyone to try and get it. And, uh, I really do look forward to finally seeing you and Charlotte face to face. And hopefully by the time that happens, we'll be in full of, uh, thousands and thousands of fans. I hope so. I just want my family to be there, to be honest. <laughs> uh, were they supposed to come up for WrestleMania? They were. So uh, they were supposed uh, to come up and then I was supposed to go back and do my visa and then my sister was coming back. So I was supposed to see them for a long time and now I don't get to see them. It's been like, the timing's been a bit crap because I know, for example, like Davis has gone out because I think he, had to, he just went out for a holiday, I think, during this time. And uh, now, the whole, the, now the whole world's kind of like stopped for a second. Australia yeah. doesn't seem to be that affected. And he's just yeah. living his life and he's loving his life in Australia at the moment. I bet he is. Australia actually took it very seriously. That's why. Like, they shut off all the um, borders to the different states and everything. They weren't opening anything. Um, so now the cases have gone down. They haven't had, like, a case for a while. So they're starting to open things back up. Um, so uh, how I usually like to wrap these up, then, is if you could give your – if you could time travel, if we were to, like, go from this moment right now and we'd go back and we'd speak to little Demi and we were to give her advice, um, what advice would you give yourself? Um, just to stay true to you and don't change for anyone because if you change, you lose yourself and you are the best you no matter what. Um, train harder. <laughs> <laughs> get muscles before you need to get muscles. Because <laughs> then you'd have even bigger muscles now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, nah, but Rhea, that's been, uh, it's been great to sit down and chat with you. I'm glad that we've uh, finally kind of brought you up to use Skype. That's great. Hopefully that means that your life in general is now heightened by the fact that I've bestowed this, this offer upon you. Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully I get and, to use it again. Yeah, and, and, and hopefully as well, once this is all sorted, uh, either you come over here or I'll be out in the States and we can uh, we can see each other again and hang out. Yes, I hope so. So, yeah. Thanks, Rhea. No worries, mate. Thank you. How good was that? What did I tell you? It's a full retrospect of her career. Um, when she was saying that they, you know, they drive sometimes nine hours to 12 hours across Australia, just one way. It's absolutely mental. Like for us, a six hour journey or an eight hour journey is beyond the realms of, of comprehensive. Sometimes, sometimes somebody say, oh, Scotland. And I'm like, I'm flying. I'm no way am I driving. And they would do it on the regular just to kind of get their, just to get their reps in, which is shows how much passion and how much love they have for the sport and also for that community of pro wrestling. And yeah, it's she, I guess like the last six months, she's had an absolute great run, but she's also kind of been put in tough positions. You know, the the Tegan Knox position, they haven't go straight into like uh, a semi final match, which wasn't planned. 
then having to come over here after hurting Tegan Knox and then kind of like um, having to uh, run with the entire NXT UK women's division on her back and then being told that, hey, we're going to have you strip Shane, we're going to have you take the belt off Shayna, which was so big really because Shayna had held the belt for so long and carried that division. And on top of that, they're like, okay, we're going to have the NXT uh, women's belt defended on WrestleMania and you're going to be the person to do that. And it's against Charlotte Flair. And then the whole flip side of, okay, you're, uh, you haven't been in front of no crowd at all in this entire build-up. But your first time you're going to do it is going to be on WrestleMania. And she's still so super young. And yeah, she's this last couple of six months, last like year, has been an absolute whirlwind for her. And she's she's so young, but she's also been so professional through all of this. And she's she's shown that I've... She's shown that she's going to be an absolute superstar and no doubt one of the big players in the next couple of years. And I think that it also comes across in this conversation that her passion for pro wrestling is second to none. And she's an absolute wonderful person. So, uh, yeah, I think that sums that up. That's uh, an absolute great conversation with Rhea Ripley. Uh, big thanks for Rhea for uh, coming on the show. Really do appreciate it. So yeah, big thanks to Rhea Ripley for coming on the show. Uh, big thanks as well to, uh, of course, our sponsors, SuplexApparel.com. Uh, definitely go check out the JPN4 range. Uh, it's out now. I picked up some, as I said, recently. Uh, the t-shirts, wonderful. The uh, Suzuki Goon one is great. They've got some new Tony Storm signed promo pictures over there as well, which, again, it's very hard to come by at the moment because Tony doesn't do a lot of them. So that's the only place you can grab them. That's uh, SuplexApparel.com. They're restocking um, the JPN4 range uh, constantly. So definitely check back and make sure that uh, they've restocked something that maybe you've missed over the last couple of weeks because I know that uh, the first set went up and I missed out. And hopefully, gladly, they restocked and I was able to grab the t-shirts and I had that I needed. But uh, definitely go check that out. As I said, they've become a go-to for myself and a lot of pro wrestlers. And the reason that is, is because the quality of the stuff and the designs and the t-shirts and everything is second to none. And they ship worldwide, so no matter where you are, you can definitely kitted head to toe in Suplex Apparel. And uh, it's wonderful. And uh, big thanks for them for being this week's and next week's sponsors. Uh, really do appreciate it. Uh, SuperXPal.com. If you have enjoyed this week's episode, please be sure to tweet it out. I'm f- at Flash underscore Morgan on the Twitter. I'm Facebook.com forward slash Flash Morgan Webster on the Facebook. I'm at Flash Morgan Webster on the Instagram. Or if you want to send me a little discreet email, you know, send me something lovely or whatever, then uh, please, you can do that at flashmorgan.live.co.uk. Also, uh, before I forget, uh, because you'll absolutely kill me, uh, this weekend, Friday, me and Mark are releasing some South Wales subculture t-shirts, uh, two sets, um, well, two, yeah, two designs, three different t-shirts, because the one design is going to be on two, but with all proceeds, all proceeds going to the NHS or helping some form or uh, of NHS, whether that's making sure that frontliners have food or making sure that it's directly donated to a children's uh, award or anything like that uh, it will be donated directly to NHS all proceeds we're making absolutely nothing from it so on Friday keep your eyes peeled for that drop in uh, they are some lovely designs and therefore a good cause so please 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 uh, keep your eyes peeled for that that's absolutely great I think that wraps everything up uh, I've got another great I've got like four weeks worth of great stuff a very big variety of people tweet me some stuff people tweet me some people that you'd like to see on I'm probably going to start repeating guests soon um, because I've got, since, since I've had people on, they've gone on to do absolutely ridiculous stuff. Um, and yeah, it's been nearly two and a half years since some people have been on this podcast and that's an, an 
Aeon since that time. So if you have anyone that you want me to interview who I haven't or anyone you want to see return, then please drop me a tweet and let me know. I really would appreciate that. Uh, but yeah, all I have to say is a big thanks to Rhea Ripley for coming on the show. Big thanks to Suplex Powell for being this week's and next week's sponsors. And a big thanks for you guys for uh, for listening. Because again, a lot of people trying to do self-improvement. A lot of people uh, trying to make sure they're using this time valuable. So I really do appreciate you spending the last hour and a half with myself and Rhea Ripley. All I have to say is uh, always a pleasure, always a treasure. And bye. Thanks for stopping by. Stay safe, people. 